This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, we are back on this Tuesday, bringing you great music here on Channel Q. And of course, some good show. And a reminder today, based on my lived experience... Slow down. Yes. Take your time, not just when driving, of course. I think that's true. But including on social media. Something happened to me, and it really is all because I was rushing. Mm-hmm. I saw a really unfortunate post on <laughs> my Facebook page, because I'm still on Facebook. <laughs> and I thought, so I, okay. I, I thought it was it was someone, um, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the person's name. Someone has cancer. Yeah, but it was there someone. You know. So say this person's name is Andrea. Right. I know another Andrea. I mistook the two people. They right. have very similar names. Their first name and their last name are the same letters, right? Okay. And they're in the same community. So I thought this Andrea got cancer and I wrote a comment. Yeah. You were it was to be on, a good friend. It was on the other Andrea's page. That Andrea, I happened to date two of her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> so that Andrea responded to my thoughtful post just telling her I'm so sorry because you have cancer and your community is here she said stop stalking me you dated two of my exes you are not in my community so the lesson is here and listen it was hard to hear but I'm I'm only sending her love and light because she's obviously going through a lot right now (laughs) but the lesson for me at least it, it was uh, not about dating two of her exes. Yeah. No, you know it what was more lesson? about more about slowing down to make sure I'm writing on the right person's page Here's who actually possibly likes me. Sure, you know what the lesson here is for me. <laughs> what? That maybe Facebook should have stayed shut down <laughs> because I don't think yeah, it I don't... all happened. <laughs> actually, you're right. If Facebook would have just stayed shut down. I could have been triggered by that comment today. Maybe she wouldn't even, you know? even seen my comment. Maybe wouldn't, we wouldn't be commenting and even connected. If she found out I'd been with someone of hers yeah. in the past, you just find out. You don't connect on social media. I just media. wish I was friends with her on Facebook so I could have gotten the notification that oh. she replied to you and then went and saw exactly what she said because... No, she basically said that. No, yeah, I know that. I know she said that, but it would have just been juicier to experience that in real time. So that's the question. Is everyone who wrote on that really, I mean, intense post... Popcorn out, sipping tea. They were just like, oh. Yes, this is the Real Housewives of Facebook. <laughs> Take the money and run. I mean, that actually could be an SNL sketch. Oh, God. Well, speaking of which, we will be talking about Facebook's latest promise and if it will solve any of the recent issues. I mean, oh, they're no. in 
a tough place right now. That's in 30 minutes. Plus, Megan Trainer's interesting revelation about her marriage. That's in the tea report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Af- uh, former top White House staffers accusing the Trump administration of firing a gay employee who worked for Melania Trump. Guess why? Because he used Grinder, And that was personally embarrassing to Mrs. Trump. This all came out from Stephanie Grisham, who was the White House press secretary for almost a year before she was assigned to work for Melania Trump as her chief of staff and press secretary. She has a new tell-all book about her time in the Trump administration called I'll Take Your Questions Now, What I Saw in the Trump White House. Okay. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, they tried to drag her, too. I I watched the view and they were like dragging her. But I mean, she kind of deserves it. She waited too long. I hate anyone that's coming out of the White House being like, I just wish I would have spoke up sooner. No, screw you. You should have spoke up. She did actually speak up while he was in the White House because she got fired. Yeah, but I'm just saying it feels very still last minute because she still had a job. She was still taking Trump checks. Well, she not? You never know what was happening behind the scenes. I don't know. You do know because you saw them. Everyone's complicit. To pay for. I don't know. If you're in the White House, you can find another job. It's, it seems pretty easy. Well, now she has a book out. Some money from that. <laughs> now, uh, during the Facebook Senate meetings today, whistleblower Francis Hodgen reacted to yesterday's Facebook outage. Yesterday, we saw Facebook get taken off the Internet. I don't know why it went down, but I know that for more than five hours, Facebook wasn't used to deepen divides, destabilize democracies, and make young girls and women feel bad about their bodies. There you go. I mean, that uh, among many other things that she shared. But the former Facebook employee, whose leaks triggered some of the most intense scrutiny in the company's history, revealed her identity Sunday night to the Wall Street Journal in 60 Minutes. And she's now, yeah, in these Senate meetings. And a hero to many. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's talk about this. Because Megan Trainer and her husband have taken intimacy to a whole new level. It's actually quite disgusting, if I'm being honest. Um, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. She is revealing that they had toilets installed next to each other so that they can go to the bathroom at the same time. I'm sorry. Love Why? ain't that good. Love is not that good for y'all to be pooping and peeing together. Yeah, that, if anything, it's more like if you both need to do it and I get you want to spend your you money. You don't have an extra bathroom? You are Maybe Megan D. Trainer and don't have another bathroom. No, I'm sorry. Here we go. She said this. Um, quote, we just got a new house. Um, nobody knows this, but in our bathroom, there was one toilet. And a lot of the time in the middle of the night when we're with the baby, we got to pee at the same time. So I was like, can we please have two toilets next to each other is what she told the contractor. Now, the contractor initially thought she was joking, but he actually ended up agreeing to the unusual request and added a new toilet besides the existing one. Here's the kicker. She says, we got two toilets sitting next to each other and we've only pooped together twice, um, but we they- pee at the same time a lot. Right, so, so I'm sorry. It's white king. people. It's white people. White people are weird. No. Y'all, are, y'all are doing weird things out in these streets. <laughs> and all relating to the bathroom. Like the shower. The yeah, I don't, are more celebrities going to start it's, coming out being like, actually, this is us too. It's the problem with the hygiene. I don't know. Would you ever, you and Chris ever do this? Because you're the only one in this. Well, now, Producer Vanessa, actually, I want to get your perspective too. <laughs> Producer Vanessa, would you pee and poop next to your boyfriend if y'all had two bathrooms? No. 
Why? Why would I do yeah. that? The That's only, so weird. The only time I can see this being interesting is if you're in a really amazing conversation and you have to pee. You're like, I just got to pee. Let's continue this. Or if you're what? really drunk. You're like, yeah, what? we're so drunk. Let's pee next to each other. No, ma'am. Take a pee break. No, ma'am. You know, no, ma'am. We, we do this. Ladies take pee breaks with their friends all the time. I've been in the bathroom while you've peed as That's well. True. Yeah, so I mean, There's I understand that. There's a door. Exactly. But they're next door to each the, other. Like, the second, number two, I feel like... Chris knows I go. He could hear, like, I've had the door. Are you grunting? (laughs) What do you mean he can hear? What? Okay, anyway, that's your team report. We're going to pause and we're going to put a period there. Um, I got all, I got more pop culture stories coming up in the next hour. Stick around. Well, coming up, everything you need to know about the Hollywood strike that could have huge impacts around the globe. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, known as IATSE, made up of Hollywood production workers, are pushing for better pay and working conditions. They voted nearly unanimously to authorize a strike yesterday. This has been everywhere, so we really wanted to dive in and explain what's going on exactly. We have Moira Morel joining us right now, a director of photography who's part of the IATSE. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the strike was voted on. You voted for a strike, but that doesn't mean that the union is on a strike. Is that right? That's correct. We voted to strike to use as a bargaining chip, basically. Since the first round of negotiations weren't fruitful, they wouldn't meet us where we wanted to be. And so we voted to authorize a strike. So basically they're going back to the negotiating table um, I couldn't tell you exactly when. I'm hoping this week. Um, and they're going to basically use it as a bargaining chip. Say, hey, our, union, our members are ready to go on strike if you can't, you know, meet us at, with some of these demands that we have. Yeah, so what happens if they don't ever meet your demand? Because I guess for me, I always think about strikes. It, it can be a little fearsome, right? It could be like, oh, I have no income coming in. There's just nothing happening. So what happens if they don't take any of your requests? I mean, it's yet to be seen. You know, it hurts them as much as it hurts us right. to not be in production. You know, these guys make their living off of having constantly making content. So, I mean, it's going to run out eventually. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, we can't file, we can't file for unemployment if we're on strike. So we're going to be depending on our savings and our neighbors, friends, and families if we can't make ends meet during the strike. But we're hoping it doesn't get to that. Wow. Yeah, and it seems like this has been a long time coming. And what is being asked for is pretty basic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, we have like five, we have basically five points we're going for. And we want we want to renegotiate these, you know, free ride contracts that the streamers, you know, new media got in the very beginning. You know, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to make money just streaming content. And I think... <laughs> Thing, especially after the pandemic, it's shown that these guys, I mean, they're making, these studios are making hand over, you know, money hand over fist, and it's time to renegotiate the contracts to reflect that. Um, you want long-term sustainable, sustainability and growth of benefits. You want to, you know, work safe hours, and we want living wages for everyone in IOTC, not just department heads, not just certain members of the of certain guilds. We want everybody to have living wages. And so that's what we're going back to the table for. Yeah, and I guess for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with this, can you talk about how this become, became such a national story? Like, how are, why are we talking about it right now? What, what were the steps that kind of led to this moment? Right. So, 
basically it's becoming part of the national conversation for a few reasons. One being that I think everybody that you know and that I know watches streaming media, right? I mean, everybody is consuming media on this level. And that's a big sticking point for the unions right now because we have negotiated these like, uh, what would you call it, like um, discounted, uh, like discounted uh, contracts for union work. And it's really starting to hurt us. And so, I, you know, with the way that people consume media these days, mostly at home and a lot on their computers, like they're consuming the media that these, these, people, these unions are making for them. And so if we go on strike, that's going to have a huge impact on viewers and what they're getting to watch. Another reason I think it's, you know, in the media so much right now is because there is a lot of union talk, not just in our industry, but in industries across the nation. I mean, the whole thing with Investment Alabama was big. And right now we have a president in the administration that is pro-union. I mean, now is the time. And I, and I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm hoping that we don't have to strike. But if we do, I mean, I hope it inspires other people to unionize across different industries. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there's always been, as kind of Ryan mentioned, like a, f- a fear of that because you want to get work at the same time. There needs to be some sort of uh, parameter or, um, you know, like there needs to be some sort of way that people could make money and it's sustainable versus being taken advantage of. Yeah. Cause well, I, mean, yeah I mean, like oh. the unions built this country. The unions mm-hmm. built the middle class in this country. We have a middle class because of union workers. Across mm. all industries, you know, auto workers, grocery store workers, you know, film and entertainment. We journalists, we we should all be in a union. <laughs> Think about the way the world would run if we had ran if we had unions. It would be it would be something else. Yeah, and I think also what helped this become a national story was the Instagram account, IA underscore stories, where, you know, it was anonymous stories being told of people, what they were going through on sets and and the lack of care that a lot of these people were going through. It it just, it really is disheartening and and hurts to know that so many people in an industry that's making so much money, they're treating folks like this. Yeah, I mean, the IA story is incredible. We're, you know, we're all behind the camera people, you know. We're not, we're not out there with the microphones with the cameras on us typically. So the IA story has been an incredible tool to get these stories out there and, and get the people who are in our industry to see what people sacrifice, what people do every single day to bring these stories into their living rooms. And, I, and I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the IA stories has been huge for this movement. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today for this and for breaking it all down. We really appreciate it. I hope Hollywood listens. We hope that something comes of this. Seriously, get rid of these (laughs) execs. They are the worst. No shade. They are. You're not listening to the people who are literally it's about the, making your the content. Idea that the, it They're needs the to shift the system, and, and there needs to be a change because it's not sustainable. Well, you know, luckily we do have these unions to help protect us, and, and we have really great reps really fighting for us. So, That's great. yeah, I mean, I also I hope I hope <laughs> something great comes out of this, and I really appreciate you guys shining, helping to shine a light on it. Of Definitely. course, it's a historic thank you for joining time. us. Yeah. That was Moira Morella, Director of Photography, part of AETSI. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And we'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. By the way, we're going to be talking about uh, Facebook, Instagram shutdown, and mental health. Why some people were going crazy. Oh, God. That's next. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Comedian Sarah Silverman is calling out Hollywood saying that it has a Jew face problem. Yep, that's coming the new from phrase. the woman who's done blackface. Yeah, and it, it, it is problematic to use a phrase that is coming off of the uh, use of blackface, right? So it's al- almost very much so making the Jews, which Jews are oppressed, to have been oppressed. However, I don't think we should get into the oppression Olympics. Um, so basically, <laughs> no, because it, it's still never mind. No, yeah, we should not. So sh- this all came about because Catherine Hahn, the actress, it got announced that she will be playing Joan Rivers, who, of course, um, is the very well-known comedian who passed, who is also a Jew. Um, and she's going to be playing her in this upcoming Showtime limited series. So in the post, she said, there's a long tradition of non-Jews playing Jews, not just playing people who happen to be Jewish, but people whose Jewishness is their whole being. One could argue, for instance, that a Gentile, a non-Jew playing Joan Rivers correctly would be doing what is called Jew face. It's defined as when a non-Jew portrays a Jew with Jewishness front and center, makeup, changing of features, big fake nose, all the New Yorky or Yiddishy inflection. And in a time when the importance of representation is seen as so essential and so front and center, why does ours constantly get breached even today in the thick of it? And she she makes an interesting point. I mean, she points to Rachel Brosnahan, who played uh, the main character in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Once again, a fictional character. I loved her as that, by the way. <laughs> I love that. It's a good show. Um, she also talks about Felicity, uh, Felicity Jones playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Tracy Allman playing another character in Mrs. America. So... It's interesting because I actually, as a Jewish woman, hadn't really thought about this until now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You, you know, that's normally how conversations happen. That's true. You, they're brought to your, for, you know, your thought. What do you, what's I your mean, I think if it's though? a famous character, I do think maybe it's one of who's the best person, but also if it's a famous character who, and I could say this, did seem Jewy and had like Jewish um, characteristics, you probably don't want to 
get someone who doesn't have those things to play it because it could feel like a character, right? Like a yeah. performant, performative version, right? They're playing someone who they think ha- has these, um, can play into tropes, right? Here's the thing. When I was growing up, um, I grew up in the South. We all know this. I hadn't met a Jewish person. I think there was like one Jewish guy in my school, uh, high school, but he never said anything about it. So I had never really met a Jewish person until I moved out here. And I was immediately confused about... The idea of, because I thought Jewish was just a religion, right? But no, there are actually people who I who say they're, oh, no. eth- like, I guess not, I don't know if it's eth- ethnically they're Jewish, or is it like uh, nationality that they're Jewish? Like, like I'm, I'm cultural... not sure what that is, but I know some people are like, if they ident- like, I identify, well, I'm black, they'll say I'm Jewish. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that same thing, like, it's an ethnicity. Their and identity for, in, om- in many ways. But I, I never really understood that, yeah. um, and I think... In moments like this, I think she's calling for, like, if we're saying that queer, you know, gay characters need to play gay characters and and all these kind of things, she's, like, saying there needs to be equal opportunity for everyone when it comes to what representation looks like. Um, Or someone, like, darkening their skin to play a black character. That's what she's saying. It's like She did do that. Yeah. And so that's why I don't think she's qualified to have the conversation. Because if you can't even acknowledge um, the, the the terrible things that you said, including also sticking up for Louis C.K., you know, masturbating in front of random women because he also did that to you and you just took it as a joke. I'm sorry, man. Maybe you shouldn't be the one leading this conversation. Not saying it's not a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. But, Miss Ma'am, I don't think you're the one. I, that's just me, you know, in my perspective it's obviously Sarah Silverman is no activist you know, in my opinion she has she has been an advocate I you're mean, not an ways. advocate or an activist when you're doing blackface I'm sorry well, sis that negates sh- everything that you're doing it's unfortunate that is definitely <laughs> it's, unfortunate it's, it's more than unfortunate you're just not you can't you can't do things and and then think you can like I don't know advocate for other things and, and not also take responsibility for the things that you've done. I'm I'm sorry. Has she taken responsibility for that? No, she hasn't. She, she just she apologized, but then she continues. Yeah, so that's, I that's, I just wish she hadn't said it as G face. But I I get where she's so problematic going with it. But I wish she had just been like, I don't even know what I would say. Like another word of some sorts. But she's not that. That is to make so her problematic. Point. The reason why blackface is called blackface is because it has a historical context exactly. of, 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 of just negative, awful history in this country. And so, and not saying that Jewish people do not, and that's where we get into this op- uh, oppression Olympics thing, right? Um, but I think to label something like that, it just often feels... Like I just, it just doesn't sometimes hit in the way that she thinks it's. It's not doing what she thinks it's. Once doing. again, I feel like she could have made the point without using that phrase, and it would have maybe just stop listening, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> it would have made a bit of a difference. It's something to think about. I also feel like she probably has wanted to play some of these roles, and it seems like she's probably not happy that she hasn't been able to. Yeah, and my thing is. It's even because all of this happened because Catherine Hahn is playing Joan Rivers, and I think she's upset by about that. But my thing is, she wouldn't have been a good Joan Rivers. She's not even sharp. I don't think it's about. I mean, she don't even look like. It's it. interesting. Well, Catherine Hahn does not look like Joan Rivers. Yeah, but either. I feel like she's a comedian. She gets it. I think she's a well, like a really well done actress. Like I don't know. In my opinion, I feel like Catherine Hahn is a much better actress than Sarah Silverman. Well, I guess no we'll shame. never know. And you know what? If Sarah Silverman wants to play one of these really famous roles, then she, she should create her own project. She has, and it hasn't it. worked out. Which one? She oh, had she a whole done. show on Hulu. Remember that? 
It was a comedy sketch show. That, oh, that's that. the show that she did. She wants to, was a comedy sketch She wants she to portray like, some sort of like iconic Jewish character in history. Then you know she should create that. Uh, something to think about in terms of how uh, you know how we have people play certain roles in certain cultures or portraying certain cultures. But once again, yeah, you don't want to get it wrapped up in another conversation. That is for sure. Let us know what you think about this. Sarah Silverman and Jewface at LGT Show. I feel really bad. It's like, yeah, bad saying that, actually. At LGT Show is where you can find us Sure, you're just media. so nice. You're just Sorry. too nice. Sorry. Are we ever going to go there on this show? Yes. Who knows? We'll just see. Maybe. Or maybe Shira will feel bad. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've got more show coming up and some great bops here on Channel Q to make you feel good today. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the world, world world of virtual influencers. You know, there's that Fox show where people are avatars and they compete. Well, one of the top virtual influencers is one of the judges. So we're going to be talking about um, how that world is just growing. You don't even need to be a real person to be an influencer. Uh, are we talking about, like, I mean, this is kind of like the reminds me of the, the robot online, Michaela. It is. Oh, that's her? Yeah. Oh, she's on she's I, I thought on she show? was on the show. No, producer Vanessa is saying you're wrong. Well, that is true. She makes, <laughs> these. there's virtual influencers that make, like, a ton of money. It's yeah, actually very smart. Just, like, create a virtual version of you, and then you don't even have to come into work. They'll do everything. You'll just be hanging out on the beach drinking a martini. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, plus, we got more on Dave Chappelle's new comedy show in the Tea Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Two women are suing the state of Nebraska to be recognized as the mother of both of their children. They're claiming that the state is denying them their parenthood because of their gender, because an opposite-sex couple in their situation wouldn't have their parenthood denied. That is very true. Aaron Porterfield and Kristen Williams each carried one of their children and lived as a family, even though they couldn't get married in their state. Uh, they broke up in 2013, two years before the Supreme Court would legalize marriage equality in 50 states. Now, I can't believe it, but it's the 10-year anniversary of Apple co-founder and former CEO Steve Jobs passing from pancreatic cancer. Apple is commemorating him with a new short film and a personal statement from his family on the homepage today. So you can check it, that out at apple.com. Ryan, do you remember when Steve Jobs passed? Was that like... Uh, a moment that you'll remember in your life at all? What? Well, I just I remember don't even know when, what year when was Steve Jobs, 10 years, but like when when he died, I just remember how big of a deal that was. Uh, what year was that? Everyone. 2011? Girl, I had just graduated out. high school. I was not paying attention to Steve Jobs. I was probably like, you know, buying his phones, of course. Um, but I was not, it did not impact me in the ways that it may have impacted you. I know you. This show, I just want to like call it a day. <laughs> I was connected to Steve Jobs. You don't got to tell anything. I'm, I'm a degree. Just search Cheryl Lazar's Jobs. Ay, ay, ay. Finally. <laughs> um, a federal appeals court upheld a previous court's decision that found that social media companies are not liable for providing the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooter with ISIS propaganda that inspired the attacks. They ruled that the companies named in the case Twitter, Facebook, and Google can't be sued for the shooter's use of their social media platforms. 
The suit was brought on by plaintiffs that included survivors and estates of victims killed in the attack that argued that the companies had illegally aided and helped the shooter under the Anti-Terrorism Act. Wow. And that was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. Okay, so let's talk Dave Chappelle because he has a new comedy special on Netflix. And yes, of course, he is already being homophobic and transphobic. Oh, God, it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, first off, he's, of course, talking about the baby scandal that happened a few months ago, um, saying this. Here is the clip. Oh, God, I don't even know if I should play it. A lot of the LBGTQ he doesn't know the baby's history. He's a wild guy. He once shot a <laughs> and killed him in Walmart. Oh, this is true. Google it. The baby shot and killed a in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going with this? In our country, you can shoot and kill a but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. So, and then, of course, um, he suggested there that LGBTQ plus people should be able to take a joke. Second, he segues into a troubling story about a supposed incident in which he says he beat up a butch lesbian woman for throwing a punch at him. The woman uh, later... You know, he claims tried to sell the story to TMZ. Here's, he said, I'm glad TMZ didn't believe uh, that because I did beat the blank out of her. I'm not going to lie. It was her fault. I had no choice. Another thing, last but not least, he then goes on making transphobic jokes that honestly I refuse to repeat here. Uh, He just keeps suggesting that LGBTQ people have more power than black people, forgetting that intersectionality exists. I just am voting. I'm just waiting to vote him off the island and for us to just stop caring about what he talks about or does. His continued attack against the community is just inappropriate needs to end. Someone needs to like, he he obviously does not have any friends in the community. Like someone needs to say something to him. He's like stuck in his own kind of downward spiral. He's not going to listen at all. He's his own worst like enemy. And um, yeah, I'm just going to do what I continue to do. Ignore him. So, yeah, that's your team report. I got more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Next up, we're talking about toxic femininity. What that is, and it's actually not what you think it is. Oh, it is. Well, we're going to get into that right after this. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. We talk a lot about toxic masculinity, but let's talk about toxic femininity. This was brought up in a recent Vice.com article, and it got us thinking, you know, uh, one, what is it all about? And actually, that Vice article was inspired by Reddit, who came up with a whole thread about it, uh, because people have been talking so much about toxic, toxic masculinity. They were like, let's throw it to the other side. And it struck a chord that had like 5,000 responses. So basically, everyone had their own idea of what it is. Okay? So I guess when you think of that, 
toxic femininity, Ryan, what's the first thing that you think about? Um, I think of... Oh, what was the first thing I think about? Well, I think of feminism not being intersectional. I think of feminism, our femininity um, being weaponized to say what a feminine or a femme person or a woman is um, when that is not letting them exist in whatever they deemed to be acceptable for their body. Um, I also think it is, you know, when people use it as... Or, no, I, cool, I already kind of said it. When people weaponize their femininity in in ways that um, they think can get them further or can get them, you know, an edge up in in situations. Yeah. I mean, pretty much a lot of uh, folks talked about people like mothers specifically who treat a lot of people uh, like crap and then justify it by saying they're a mama bear, being shamed for natural functions. You know what I hate? One thing that mothers do. Oh, when they like say when they like when they're talking about their kids and they're like, my baby's 17 months, (laughs) my baby's 16 (laughs) months. That's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Just say your baby's two or two and a half, one and a half. I don't even know how am I supposed to do the math of the months. It's the dumbest thing. Young parents do that. Well, on that note, don't do that. Don't be that parent, please. Stop. I think it's just it's confusing to me because I think about years, but months is kind of cute. No. Anyway, we digress. Toxic femininity to me also includes like we're all power women, like you know, uh, you go girl, and like um, you mean girl power, girl power that that too, all that, and then behind the scenes, like, are you really practicing what you preach? Mm. Right? Are you really doing that? I had a woman. I was trying to do a deal with around a female event. You remember this? I do remember this. And I came to her with the idea and she was like, oh yeah, I've been thinking about something like that, but yeah, let's do it together. And then when push came to shove, she calls me up and she goes, well, you know, I own this idea. And I go, well, what do you mean? I thought we're co-creating. This is a female collaborative event. It's about bringing us together and letting us all have a voice and a part of the pie. She's like, well, no, that just doesn't work for my business model. And so it was like, I get that. But you're it's like, are you really practicing what you preach? Because I don't just want my name to be on it. I don't just want a little tension for the moment. I want to be part of it, skin in the game. Well, I think there's always this moment as well, and I think we've seen we can see and we we talk about it in politics as well, that just because, you know, women are women doesn't mean all women deserve your support. There are some if I could cuss, there are some poopy women out there. Well, yeah, but then I, I if you're gonna be poopy, there are. Then, but then the ones, the ones that they really bothers me though, are the ones that do preach that. But oh, those are we main, gotta be mentors. Those we gotta be there people, for though. each other. Those like, are the main. people. What does that mean? Because they think they have to be that to help their public facing persona because that's what people want to see. That's what gets you the attention. If you got the cute little one offs in a panel that you're saying, are you you on a talk show and you're talking about women empowerment? Of course. But really, it's those same people who are who are all about that preaching it and on their soapbox. And they are absolutely awful. Here's the thing. It's a lack of self-awareness. Also, it is a bit of I'm going to give you the tough love that I got. Right. It was difficult for me. And so I want you to also work hard at it, right? And I'm going to make it hard for you. What I've noticed, unfortunately, and no surprise, a lot of my opportunities, and I've talked about this on the show, have come from men, all all types of men, right? (laughs) Um, A lot of men have given me my opportunities. And every time I've reached out to a woman that was higher up than me or, you know, 
success, more success, all that, or who I deemed as someone who could be a mentor, mm -hmm. it always disappointed me. And I guess I could take responsibility in that too, right? Two to tango. However, it, it would be harder to get them, to get their attention, right? Like as versus men, obviously, maybe they wanted to talk more to me because yeah. I'm a cute woman. No shade a lot of those women probably shouldn't be mothers because but, especially but if you have a daughter sucks. you're just going to that i think that's why you see like daughter mother relationships be so conflicted because oftentimes mothers are either trying to live through their daughter or they're trying to like teach their daughter something that they they ended up getting when they were growing up which yeah. sucks or or the other thing is we tell guys like you can't do this because this is abusive or wrong or sexist but then women go and do the same thing to men that is also, I think, oh my toxic God, we femininity. Are bashing women on <laughs> I'm just saying, if we want other people to be self-aware and no, not continue to do, women. Uh, but continue to do the there. wrong thing, then we got to like look at ourselves. It's not just about saying like pointing the finger outside of ourselves. Well, have you? Well, I guess let's when we do, if we're going to continue this conversation when we get back, because I want to know, have you ever had a moment where you've accidentally fallen into toxic femininity yourself? I would love for you to think about it. We'll be right back. Give me two minutes. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's time for you to answer the question. Yeah, we've been talking about toxic femininity. And by the way, stick around because after this, we are getting into a conversation about virtual influencers and the weird, weird world of that. And let me tell you, it is crazy. There's this account we're going to talk about that blew my mind just now. You're, but you're not answering the question. I'm continuing to digress. We are going to focus in on the question. The, I, the question was, have I been toxic as a fem as a woman toxic femininity have i done that uh i probably i probably have at different points i mean i feel like i'm definitely not perfect i feel like if you haven't healed something in yourself then a person specifically someone who is like you will trigger that right so i've been around women who definitely have triggered me and then i feel because they triggered me i probably distanced myself from them or mm -hmm. didn't go out of my way to support them definitely you know what we haven't talked about in this conversation is how women nice. can be toxic when it comes to the relationships that they're in because you I can am. you can put I I think toxic masculinity is a, a very real thing we've talked about it here on the show of course everyone knows about it but I also think there's a responsibility that comes with putting you know your partner into those roles that you expect of them as men right like if you expect a man to be oh, yeah. all of these things that you feel like you were taught as a young age and you were said that that's what I'm supposed to be looking for in a husband and if they don't fit all of these boxes that you're checking that so also can be very like toxic in, in your own way because you're using your femininity to kind of force that person to be whatever you want them to oh, be oh you know what I have done mm, tell the tea of course you're like, Ryan's like tell me tell the tea. this ain't my segment you know I'm fe <laughs> look I'm feminine but this ain't my segment you <laughs> I have used I feel like my femininity to well to get what I want obviously my privilege to get what I want probably mm -hmm. um specifically I think this goes back to having like being an only child to my dad you know where I I, I will do, and my boyfriend calls me out on this too, where he'll, he's like, don't give me those eyes or don't be like, mm, the girly thing. I'll get into the girly, what you know, is baby Shira will come out. Do it right now. I don't know. Now it's hard for me to even think about it. I don't know. I'll just be like, really? Mm. Like, I know. It's like, and it's weird when I think about it. In that moment, it's like I'm uh, regressing 
to a baby Shira. Oh, well, you do do that baby talk thing. It is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. When Shira goes into baby talk, I'll be like, why? Is that like sexy? Is that is that something no, that you're No, I know. I hate I hate it myself. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you talk to an animal, like when I see a cute dog or a baby, and then there's moments that when I'm talking to my boyfriend, somehow it comes out. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. Like, how are you? How is that attractive? I don't know. That's why I'm always impressed. My boyfriend is like, I think you're awesome and hot. I want to do this. I'm like, thank you. You've seen it all for me. Like, yeah, I'm honored. I get that. I get that. It happens. It happens. And I, I think the most important thing of all of this, whether whatever gender you are, to be aware of the toxic traits that you have and to be aware of how you can fall back on old patterns and where that actually came from yeah. and how can you really be like a person of integrity and like talk the talk and walk the walk. If you say you want to be X, then how are you showing up like that in every part of your life? There you go. Next up, let me tell you, this is about to get weird. There are virtual influencers out there made of, you know, by the computer and they are making a ton of money, getting a ton of followers. We're going to be talking to you about all those folks next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've officially entered CGI influencers. The world of influencers with just like fake graphics and fake people. You already thought influencers were fake enough. What, what about when they're really fake? I don't know. Technology is so weird. It, it just feels like what's the point anymore? And... If technology goes down again, like it did literally yesterday, they don't exist. Oh. There's no such thing as a CGI right. influencer. Watch out. They're going to use this saying. against you. You know, they're going to use this against you. There will be they the probably community, will. The union. <laughs> they will get this soundbite from this radio show on <laughs> Tuesday, like October 5th at 3.54 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> Ryan was discriminating against <laughs> CGI influencers. I'm, I'm, and this is the future, 2030. Count I mean, here. I feel like, like for instance, there's Little Maquela. Which I love her. She follows me on Instagram. Uh, these are, just for people who might not know, these are literally um, uh, computer graphic made, you know, people. They look like humans, but they are CGI. Yeah, so they. I think, here's the thing. I think the trick to it is they are actually people, but they're like edited to look so CGI that they're like, because... It, Maquela specifically, she's in like real spaces. Like she'll be hanging out with real people and like they'll be like actually interacting. She has music no, videos. No, 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 no. Like I'm telling you, no, I think Ryan. she's real. No, I know the people Not like that she's a ro- she, I'm not saying she's a was, robot, but I think she's a real person and they just like digitalize her. Yeah, the, no, it was like art art directors. Like they basically create uh, to the type of person they want. Like, oh, what do they want the person to look like? Do they want to have like be... The, Thin or bigger or have what a you mean wider bigger? face. You you couldn't come up with a better word than bigger. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. Somebody pull out of the source. <laughs> um, there's these other folks. This is chick Ema Graham. There's I mean they're all different looks, but they're all very perfect in terms of like great skin, yeah. great style. Like you know, in real life, we're not always looking photoshopped like well, that. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Here's the thing. As a pioneer when it comes to social media, how do you feel about this? Is it, is, do you feel like your job is going to be taken? Is there, can someone just make a, a CGI version of Sheer Lazar and she become more successful than you? So here's the thing. I could, well, I'd probably do it for myself. 
my friend Taryn Southern, I, I don't know if she came on the show to talk about this. She worked with a CGI company on building a CGI version of herself. So she's a host, or she has been in the past. <laughs> and so now she could possibly host shows and without even being there. So you just hire CGI Taryn or the CGI vers- version of Ryan. You go into the studio, you shoot all the things you need to shoot, and then they could take all those things and someone could have a script and literally make the CGI version of you do that script. Mm. Does the price go up if you're CGI or does it go cheaper because you're not actually doing the work? D- I mean, depends how smart you are with business. Well, if I'm... You could say the work still needs to be done, but just on the tech side, right? There's still... Ne- our resources. That's that just so weird. Maybe I'm becoming like taken. that old person that's just like the, the kids these days. They need to go sit down somewhere. Oh, you see? You're being ageist. <laughs> Maybe. I just, it just feels like so weird. This is really interesting. There was an experiment called My Friend Sylvia where these artists basically did an experiment on Instagram. They showed the progression, a five-month-long experiment, uh, experiment where they showed Sylvia from being like in her 20s or 30s to 80 years old within uh, five months on Instagram. I know she so was you pissed. Go, <laughs> she lost all that life in five months. So you go down the feed and you see it starts with the selfie of a younger woman and over met a few posts you see her until she dies. It was kind of dark. Oh, so she did die? Yeah, eight So years death old. still exists in CGI Pretty world. Much. Well, I guess all you got to do is pull the plug. There you go. But it was really fascinating to watch the, uh, this person who created this said, I was really surprised by how many people got attached to the character, the account over these five months. There were followers that were really connected to her. And this is well, the I thing. Wonder, did he commit murder then when he pulled the blood? <laughs> I mean, this brings up some ethical issues, right? Like what is real? What is not real? If, if you perceive something as real, then perception is reality, right? There's so much more things going on in the world for me to be worried about a CGI person. I mean, but then you could say that they could take real uh, other people's jobs. If, like, you can if, have a sleigh god, like all, a no, version no, 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 of no. you that is created. If half the country can't even have health care, the CGI folks, they are damned because there ain't no way they're going to ever get any rights based off of our country. Maybe they don't need any because they live in this perfect world where... Well, Sylvia died. <laughs> she got, became well, old what? in five months. That sounds like a, like a really bad disease. How do you die? That's like Benjamin Button syndrome. Except she didn't get younger. She, oh my gosh, she, that is real. We got to pour one out for Sylvia. There you go. In honor of Sylvia, this segment was in honor of her. Her legacy lives on on Let's Go There on Channel Shout 2. out to Sylvia. Let us know what you think about uh, these CGI influencers. Also, the Fox reality show, which is kind of Avatar. like this alter ego. Oh. Where they have these. <laughs> Avatar was a movie. <laughs> By the way, uh, Grimes, and I apologize. I said little Michaela was a judge. Grimes looked like an avatar. She's a human. She was so perfect looking in her picture as one of the judges. I thought well, it was. Well, you date a billionaire and see how perfect you'll look. <laughs> Obviously, didn't have any stress. Oh my God, we're about to play a Kelly Osbourne song coming up soon. Coming up, we have that. <laughs> Just realized. And also, what's trending this hour? Facebook's official response to the Facebook outage next. All right. Get ready for Kelly Osbourne. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yep, we are back. Hope you're enjoying some music here on Channel Q as well as the show today. Uh, But lots coming up. The star model from Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines is coming out about his groping. (laughs) Yeah. That's in the tear report. Finally speaking out about it. 
Yeah, and guess what? It's World Teachers Day. So we're going to talk Aww. about uh, challenges of new age teaching in 15 minutes with our favorite teaching couple, Dr. Liz the and Dr. Mazas. Jen Mazza. Yes. Are the Mazas. You know, that's Mazza. the same thing. You know. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The Facebook Senate hearings are happening today. And here's Senator Ed Markey. Here's my message for Mark Zuckerberg. Your time of invading our privacy, promoting toxic content, and preying on children and teens is over. Congress will be taking action. You can work with us or not work with us, but we will not allow your company to harm our children and our families and our democracy any longer. I mean... If I was Zuckerberg, I would be worried. They're ready, I'm telling you, to just... Was it with a take down the hatchet on them? I don't know. I just feel like Mark is probably really sad that he can't work on his virtual, like his VR conference rooms that he was really hoping that would work out. He wishes he could have done the Senate hearing on one of those VR conference rooms. (laughs) He's like an avatar. He couldn't just be awkwardly having to stare at his... uh, camera himself and talk to humans i don't know he's got some explaining to do that's what i'm saying you can't be a billionaire and not do sketchy stuff and i mean that for all billionaires even oprah if she's a billionaire i don't know if she is but even oprah i love her but you can't you can't achieve that type of money and not have done sketchy things listen something was bound to happen they're also once again these companies have not been held accountable and one as I mentioned yesterday was going to be used as an example and Facebook has done enough that they're putting themselves as a front runner for that and these I'm not going to say like an older generation who already hate tech and already hate all this stuff they're just like not having it they're ready to give it to him and here's the thing I was really um, I was been reading a lot of articles that brought something to my attention and I hope we can cover it uh, soon. It's like, you know, when Facebook was down, it wasn't just Facebook and Instagram, it was WhatsApp. And WhatsApp is really a tool for a lot of families to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. And there's encrypted messages and all these things and immigrants are using it, especially during the time where everything's kind of going on. And, you know, when it was down, I'll just imagine a lot of families couldn't communicate yeah, in the ways they should. Uh, that's why a lot of people are telling folks to go over to platforms like Telegram. Which is like a WhatsApp, which is not owned by Facebook. Oh. So check that out. I don't know. Telegram sounds sketchy. It's not as sketchy. It's more trusted oh. by a lot of people, including the crypto folks. Did Elon Musk that. tweet about it first? Is that? Why don't you go in his thread? Go you know, sometimes his I feel like that's how people like attach themselves to things. He tweets about it. and then it's Well, yeah, there's early adopters that tweet about it, and then they go there, and then everyone follows. Yeah, it's true. Early adopters. Now, well, she was uh, in Silicon Valley all of a sudden. <laughs> Watch out. I, I took a flight and then I came back. Uh, now, speaking of which, the Facebook outage marked the longest stretch of downtime for Facebook since 2008. And they put out uh, an official statement saying to all the people and businesses around the world who depend on us, we are sorry for the inconvenience caused by today's outage across our platforms. And they uh, that comes from Facebook's vice president of infrastructure in a blog post. Facebook shares closed down almost 5% on Monday, but they were up nearly 1% in early trading on Tuesday. So they're back on the up and up. And uh, finally, you remember we talked about Nirvana and how the the, the lawsuit, the man who was the baby naked in the photo on the album, how he was suing them. Well, Dave Grohl had an answer and responded to it officially on the Today Show. He said... 
I have many ideas of how we should alter that cover, but we'll see what happens. And he said this to the Times. I'm sure we'll come up with something good. We'll let you know. And he said, at some point, unfortunately, it just becomes par for the course. My first lawsuit when I just joined Nirvana was really frustrating. My mother felt so terrible for me that here we are about to launch into this new sort of phase of life. And it's just kind of uh, decapitated by this lawsuit. So there you go. It seems like they might end up replacing that very iconic cover. And that was somewhat trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so uh, model Emily Rakowski or Radikowski or something like that. Yeah. Um, she's speaking out about Robin Thicke's groping her during a music video. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Now, remember that controversial song, Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke? Yeah, that one. Um, Emily was in that video during the beginning stages of her career. And she's currently promoting her new book of essays called My Body. And she told people that she knew she wouldn't have become successful if she vocalized her accusations when it happened. She said this basically a, a excerpt from the memoir was published in the Sunday Times and it claims that a Robin groped her bare breast while shooting the 2013 music video that would launch her to fame. She said, quote, suddenly out of nowhere, I felt the coolness and foreignness of a stranger's hands cupping my bare breast from behind. I instinctively moved away, looking back at Robin Dick. I mean, that's kind of gross. And it's also really gross to know that song is also about, like, let's just say not consent. Yeah. Um, it, which is just awful. And there's just been so much scandal surrounding oh that song. Um, and hate that, that she was a part of that. But she did say this. I was an unknown model. And I've had, if I had spoken out or complained, I would not be where I am today. And also, I would not be famous. Okay. Also, at the time, unfortunately, let's be clear, a lot of us are dancing to that song and not thinking about that. You speak to yourself. Oh, producer Vanessa was dancing to that song. A lot of people love that song. It's true. It's unfortunate. But when you deconstruct the lyrics, yes, of, of that course, song, after the fact. Now, yeah, it means something else. I mean, it really means like drugging and. I don't know why at the time. We all just kind of swept it under the rug, or we're just like, yeah, yeah, what a great song. People would just listen to songs for the beat, and we would, I don't know. What do you think? Why do you think we liked that song, even though it was like, it had these words in it? I mean... We didn't take it as seriously? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it goes in the pile of the songs that don't age well, right? Mm -hmm. And that does not age well, and it never will. Um, I'm actually interested in, in... finding out more about her book of essays and what she has to say. Um, that's your tea report, though. I got more coming up next hour. Well, next up, what does the future of teaching look like? We're going to be finding out what the new normal is in the classroom right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Guess what? It is World Teachers Day. Woo-woo. Do you have fond memories of your teachers? Like, do you remember specific ones that really changed your life? Oh, my God. Shout out to Mr. Shala and uh, Dr. Uh, not Dr., but Mr. Hudson. Uh, uh, Miss Dashala was my uh, advanced honors English class in high school. She had me write um, an essay that ended up getting me reconnected with my dad. No. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, um, my theater teacher is Mr. Hudson. And he actually wrote an email back to my mom who was not supportive of me acting in the school play because she oh. didn't believe that it was going to take me anywhere or be a legitimate job. And he actually stood up for me and, and made her come and, and, and it changed her mind. Aww. And so I've had two teachers 
who always like supported me in wonderful ways. And, and actually, she saw um, Mr. Charlotte saw my interview with Demi Lovato a while back, and and like shared it and was like, "This was one of my students." I'm so happy, excited Aww. and happy for for them. That's so, really sweet. Yeah. Teachers are everything. Yes. Shout out to my teacher. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. My theater teacher, Candace, also a big part of my life. Anyway, See, we gotta we gotta move forward. Um, I, but I will say, what? these people coming up, if only I could have them as teachers. Yes, they are a power couple, also educators themselves. Dr. Jim Mazza and Dr. Liz Dexter Mazza, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having us back. We always enjoyed seeing, being with you both. I know. It's, it's been, been a minute. It's been a while. Yes. It has. So it has been a while, yeah. We, we can't think of a better way to have you on and a reason to than this. And happy World Teachers Day. We're honoring you both today and everything you do. Are you all in a in a in a uh, place where people have been having those conversations about you know student vaccine mandates? Has that been a conversation around you all that's been happening? Yeah, definitely. And so I'm back in person at the University of Washington, and so we're having those conversations. The university has required vaccinations, other than for religious reasons, and so and that, that has some people scared. That has some people worried. And you know, as as Liz was kind of commenting too, so the Semesters come fast and furious, and we've all been looking forward to this back to in-person in an ideal way and realizing that the actuality of it and the ideal aren't exactly connecting, that there's some real gaps in there, and there's some some worrisome uh, pieces that happen in those gaps. And so I think we're trying to trudge through that together. Definitely. And what does World Teachers Day mean to you both, including during this evolving time, it seems, as teachers and educators? Right now, to me, it's for all these guys, it's grace, compassion, and gratitude for them. They are having to deal with so much of bringing the kids back into school, helping them to feel safe. They're managing their own stressors of maybe having family at home and having kids in the building, while also being very aware that our kids are coming back into school this year in a place um, with a different amount of social-emotional health that they have to be much more aware of now than they used to not have to be aware of for their students. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I'd highlight the uh, patience, perseverance, and personal connection. Right? Those are the things that we're trying to establish. We're trying to make sure that we've got flexibility for our students and then helping them uh, persist and to uh, stay in the game with uh, in-person and with learning that the outcome of this is going to get better as we get more used to the routine of what we have. Do you find, I know the word burnout is overused for everyone and everything, but do you find we're in a time of more burnout than you've ever seen uh, on the professional side as um, folks that are in this space, but then also like from the kids side and those in school students? I think burnout's taken on a little bit of different meaning because I think that some of us, you know, are in our jobs 10, 15, even 20 years. And now with the un, uh, unpredictability of what things are, it feels just a little bit more stressful. So I don't know if that gets categorized as burnout, that I just can't do this job anymore, I'm tired of it. I think it's more of like, uh, you know, the uncertainty of what's happening during my job and what could happen after and the people I impact, is it all worth it, is mm. the kind of the question they ask. Yeah. Yeah, and I think burnout also comes from... The experience of when teachers, educators aren't feeling appreciated or heard or listened to and they're doing their best to take care of 
children. And then we've got all the, you have to wear a mask. You can't wear a mask. You have to come to work. You don't, you don't come to work. All those pieces um, takes away from them being able to focus on our students and that lack of appreciation or frustration that might come across. That's what I think increases burnout. And because adults in the world are tend to be more stressed out right now, we may not all be communicating as much grace to one another. Yeah, that is true. We get to be better. And all of us could use your social emotional learning curriculum from kids to adults. Uh, DBTinschools.com is where to find their work. Thank you so much, Dr. Jim and Dr. Liz Dexter Mazza. Real quick, do y'all still, y'all had a baby dog the last time we talked to y'all, right? Yeah. That, that, that baby's going to an adult size. Oh, so no. 12 pounds is now 54 pounds. There you go. Oh, my God. Is he paying rent? <laughs> should be exactly. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you all always for coming. I just remember they had a dog the last time. I remember. Yep. Just saying. Good memory. Just so, check it so in. Thoughtful. Just right. check it in. You know. <laughs> that is true. Uh, now, what? Oh yeah, no. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Now, coming up, we're talking about anxiety and burnout. If you felt anxiety around Facebook being shut down, you could have other things to worry about. Beyond Facebook, just saying, we have a psychiatrist joining us to talk about mental health around social media next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, when Facebook went down yesterday, everyone was freaking out on Instagram. All of them, right? And it really got me thinking, like, if we're that anxious with these things being down, is it really Facebook's fault? Or do we have to look at ourselves? Just saying. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just leave this <laughs> segment. I'll be back a little bit later in the show. Are you trying to escape something? I'm gonna Are be, you in denial? I'm gonna of be back and li- I'm gonna go watch Squid Game. And y'all have a oh, wonderful so conversation. You're gonna distract yourself by watching more media. Yeah, Great way to deal with, with your mental I health. I take in content differently than other people. Well, were weren't you one of those that were like, oh, refreshing, refresh, refresh, refresh? No, I wasn't actually. You know I don't care about Instagram. Now well, that happened on Twitter. Okay, so there you go. Whatever platform it is, take your platform of choice. Uh, Dr. Regu Apasani is joining us right now, founder and CEO of the Minds Foundation, who is a mental health advocate. And we talk a lot about this um, online together and as well in different communities that we're in. Dr. Regu, thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chira. You know, it's Mental Health Awareness Week, and how fitting is it that at the beginning, this all shuts down? I might sound so familiar. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, you're right. It, it is. It's World Mental Health Day this coming Sunday on the 10th, and it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And I, you know, initially, <laughs> the problem I'm trying to work on is I am trying to create a habit of not checking my phone and social media immediately when I get out of bed. Mm -hmm. But yesterday I did and it wasn't working. And I had a feeling of discomfort in my body and in my hands. And uh, I think that's what you're talking about, right? Is like, we all felt this anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because for me, it was like, I did freak out for a while, actually. And then I freaked out also because... um, I was like, well, there's events this week and lives and podcasts and like, what is going on is like all work going to go down the drain. And Mm. you soon realize throughout the day that like a lot of us became a lot more productive than we ever have been and that we didn't really need it. Mm, interesting. Well, I think what's interesting, I think for me, I, I thought about the people who 
they their businesses and everything are online, right? And like if you are kind of having some sort of your income comes from being online or if you have a website or I mean our Facebook or something like that, it's like I can see why that can be stressful. And I, I feel like it does being stressed out yeah. over that versus just being stressed out over the fact that you're not on social media, aren't those just two different things? Because one is based in your livelihood totally, and the totally. other isn't. And, 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 you know, yes, and I don't want to generalize too much, right? There is definitely, Facebook has a lot of tools that have helped small businesses and freelancers. And I think that that was really tough. And for me in particular, for Minds Foundation, we're an international team and we depend a lot on WhatsApp. And WhatsApp mm. is part of Facebook mm-hmm. and went down. And internationally, that was very devastating for us as well. Um, so I think that for businesses, yes, it was really stressful, but... Overall, I hope that the experience for, you know, the general user that uses it primarily for entertainment purposes, perhaps it gave us insight into how dependent we have become on it and how detrimental it has, how detrimental of an effect it can have on on us and on society, right? Especially with the new data coming out that Facebook has had for a long time. Yeah, strong its impact on, especially in in teens. I know it is. It's wild, and to see that finally actually coming up, what we're all saying really uh, says a lot. But it's been a long time coming. So I guess if if folks saw they were anxious or felt anxious when these platforms were down, or even in thinking, you know, in Ryan's case, Twitter, the idea of possibly Twitter being down, what advice do you have? Yeah, well, it's funny you said Twitter, first of all, because I'm not someone who normally uses Twitter, but I ended up opening Twitter. Um, Yeah. And I think that, you know, the advice I have is what I did for myself, which was I was like, who do I actually want to talk to today? And I just reached out to them directly instead of trying to, like, engage through Instagram with them, right? And I just reached out and I had, like, an actual, you know, they call these things, like, like conversations like with words <laughs> so i had an actual conversation on the phone yeah with like even some facetime which was really amazing and um i actually just made some space for myself to go outside and immerse myself and like release some of that tension release some of that anxiety and by the end of the day i used it as an experiment to be like okay, I can limit my time on social media now that I've been able to do it for this day. So for people getting anxious, you know, it's really about finding your grounding. And a lot of folks believe, or maybe they do get a sense of community from social media. So instead of going to social media, like checking in with yourself and seeing and thinking, who do I really want to connect with today and making that effort to actually connect with them. I think that can help alleviate a lot of the anxiety. Definitely. I mean, a lot of times it's just like maybe therapy could help, right? Because social media isn't going to yeah. solve your problems for you. Like We all t- tend to yeah. go to social media like, oh, we're having a bad day, which definitely there's community and answers. Trust me, a lot of positive quotes and things and people that can understand you. But for me, I looked at what was happening. I'm like, a lot of us need a lot of support right now. And it's not going to be necessarily mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah, there's an acute dopamine serotonin rush, right, from seeing a post. But you also have the opposite of that happen immediately after. Mm. Well, there you go. Well, something to think about as we all get back to these platforms and continue to use them. 
maybe use them more mindfully. That was Dr. Regu Apasani, uh, founder and CEO of Minds Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Shira. And I do love everything you post on social media. <laughs> of course. You seem like the type that would. <laughs> How dare you? know, Ryan. <laughs> That's no shame. Ryan, you, sh- you should be liking you some guys, of my posts You more. guys seem like y'all are one in one. <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> what a hater. Haters back off. (laughs) Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the day. Yaz Queen. Now, Snapchat released a tool today called Run for Office to help young people who have political aspirations learn what steps they'll need to take to run into local elections. So I think this is so cool. They basically help eligible Snapchat users... Many, of course, who skew younger find local races they're eligible for that pertain to their interests. So this is what they had to say. They said, if Snapchatters want to make sure that the issues they care most about are represented by leadership, then they need to run. The tool will walk them through what they'll need to do to become candidates. Users will also be able to nominate friends who they think would be good fits for particular offices as well. Now, I must say, this is a great way to use social media as a tool and not just to ruin and divide people and communities. So, good on Snapchat for doing something. Yeah, I think this is really cute. Yeah, it is very cute. Uh, So there you go. Social media used for good, not just evil. And that's our Yaz Queen of the day. Yes, Queen. That also does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow, same time, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about this global statement calling for intersex rights. Yep, 50 nations have come together for that. We're going to find out more on tomorrow's show. Plus, we're going to be talking about how parents are rejecting nightly family dinners. This is really interesting because I was all about the nightly family dinners. I still am all about nightly dinners if I can do it with the people I love. Uh, It feels dated. Well, does it keep families apart or like does it keep them distance from each other or does it bring them together we're going to be talking about this new trend on tomorrow's show and if you miss any of our shows or interviews we post everything as a podcast just go to the odyssey app or podcasts are available and search let's go there we are sending you love and light and honey remember to slay now stick around for love line with dr chris where he's covering positive affirmations do they work that's next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 